This episode of Talk Your Book is proudly brought to you by Honan, providing a complete range of insurance, risk and financial solutions. Fundies called me up, told me to take a look, but stay stubborn as bulls and talk their own book. Get the money, get the money, get, get the money. Well, Tommy Lambeth, thanks very much for coming on Talkie Book. I thought uh, maybe it'd be a good uh, chance to start with uh, a little bit about VP Capital and what you guys look to invest in. VP Capital was set up a couple of years ago with, uh, with John So Jr., my business partner, um, we, we focus on the small to mid cap end of the market and not, not absolutely exclusively, but you know, in, in general. And, and we try and pick companies that we think uh, will do well in, in a short to medium term. So on a, you know, maybe a six month to two year kind of time horizon. You know, we're not, uh, we're not sort of specialists in any area, but we're, we're generalists. We have a, quite an open-minded, opportunistic uh, view about, about things. So with the ability to go short and long. And what stock do you want to talk about today? I'd like to talk about the reject shop, which is you know, a bit of a contrarian pick in, in this market, being a retailer. Um, but, you know, I think it, it warrants a discussion based on where it's traded and, and most importantly, the price, which, which is, um, you know, in my opinion, you know, probably the single uh, largest factor in, in determining whether investment is a good one, um, which, which is price, obviously. And talk to me about most of the people watching this would have seen a reject shop. Uh, down their local strip mall, but for those who haven't, talk to me about uh, what Reject Shop do. Look, the Reject Shop is, you know, a, a small box um, discounted you know, retailer. Um, its, its operations are in Australia and has around 350 stores nationwide. Um, it owns them and operates them. Um, it's been around since the early 80s, actually, and it's it's been listed um, in Australia. Um, for uh, about half that period, and it was privately owned for the other half. So, it's an interesting business. It's uh, it's struggled in the last few years, which we can sort of talk about why. Um, but uh, that's sort of the the broad summary. It it typically sells uh, products that are marked in the you know three to four dollar kind of average price category, and the consumer on average spends around you know, 10 to $20 on a, on a basket of goods every time they go to the, the reject shop. And it's essentially got a new management team. Uh, CEO's been there a few months and CFO only just recently joined in the last week or so, I believe. Talk to me about their strategy and what get, they're going to change to get the stock price back to, I think it was about 15 bucks four years ago and, and sitting around the $3 mark today. What's their plan to get it back up somewhere near that high water mark? Yeah, so Andre Reich and, and Clinton Khan, um, CEO and CFO respectively. Andre Reich's background, um, Kmart, Target, um, you know, strong background in retail, um, understands the, the discount space. Um, uh, Clinton's uh, investment banker, um, um, worked for a private equity firm across the financials. I think what they're doing here is they're trying to um, turn the business around from a cost perspective and, and also return uh, the like-for-like -like sales to a positive number. Um, whereas you know, last year it was, it was doing kind of 2 to 3% negative like-for-like -like sales, which is, which is disappointing. So how are they doing that is, is the big question. Um, to summarise the strategy, it's, it's, it's going back to a strategy that used to work for the reject shop about 10 years ago. And 
um, when it was you know, in its heyday, flying at kind of $70 a share, as you, you pointed out, Chris. It's, it's a strategy of focusing on the, the low cost, um, you know, core items where they have price leadership in the market. And, you know, these are things like your gift cards, your gift wraps, for instance, that you can get for, you know, a dollar or, you know, your, uh, your tier two you know, Cadbury product, which doesn't sell in Woolworths, but you can buy at the reject shop or, you know, your no-name biscuits instead of buying Arnott's. So it's about a focus on, on returning to, um, to these products. And, and as a result, if you can focus on, selling these kinds of products that consumers went to the reject shop floor in the first place, then what you can do is you can create scale and by creating scale in, in your, um, in your cost base, you can, you can therefore reduce uh, your, your prices on, per, on a per unit basis. And so that's, that's sort of broadly the strategy and that kind of feeds into things like, you know, in, increasing stock turns, um, you know, uh, direct sourcing uh, you know, products from from companies, and they're beginning to do that. So, let's let's see if they can turn it around. It's it's you know it's going to be um, not an easy task, but from, from you know I guess how the market's priced it, uh, that it's it's an interesting kind of risk reward um, bet in our in our view. And their stock turn in their half year results was four point two times. What sort of level do you think management can get that up to in the next year or two? And so what sort of reduction in SKUs would they need to assist in that process? Yeah, so I think they're talking about getting it to six to eight times. And, you know, that's an aspirational figure. Um, we, we wouldn't bank on eight times. You know, I think as an investor and, and, a, and a farm manager, um, you would take the most conservative view here. And so, you know, maybe it's six times. and Six times to us seems logical because number one, they've historically achieved a number of six times. And we're, you know, we're going back to kind of 2010, 2011 here. The international comps, you know, your dollar generals, um, you know, they do stock turns higher than four. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of in the five to six range. Um, so it's, it's possible to do these type of stock turns. Um, and you know, what kind of reduction in, in SKUs would you need? And SKUs meaning, you know, the range of, the range of items that you're selling, um, stock keeping units. Uh, you know, we think, we think management are targeting around the 75% reduction of, of SKUs over the course of, you know, six to 12 months. That's a super aggressive amount to re reduce the different things selling by up to 75%. Uh, have you seen that done very often before in, in similar type businesses? Um, look, it's, it's difficult to do, um, you know. I guess if, if you're doing a roll-up or, or, or you've got, um, you know, you've got multi uh, sort of multi brands and and, and multi um, multi management teams and multi jurisdictional. But the reject shop have one brand, um, one management team. Um, it's effectively the same business it was um, ten years ago, but a bit more complicated. Uh, and so I don't see any reason why they can't. You know, at least partially executed, and and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be so bullish to to assume that they can absolutely execute it to to the extent that they say, because of course, you know, everyone everyone likes to, to aim high, um, but even if they execute it partially, you know, I think, and we can talk about the numbers, um, 
you know, a, a partial execution is a fantastic outcome for shareholders. We've seen a lot of supermarkets benefit greatly from private brands. It's a, a part of Reject Shop's strategy. What sort of effect do you think that could have on their business? Yeah, look, I think it can lower costs. Instead of paying, um, you know, more for sourcing your, your tier one brands, like, like I was talking about, like your, your Arnott's Biscuits, um, if you can source private label brands that you know, maybe the consumer, the cost-conscious consumer will still pay for because the biscuits are still, still nice to eat, but they don't want to pay for the brand equity associated with, with buying the top brand, then it's a win-win. Um, you know, it facilitates the trade um, you know, at this end of the market. Uh, which, you know, that frankly, there is demand for and there's always been demand for. Um, there's a lot of cost-conscious people in Australia and, you know, I expect that to continue as well, um, you know, particularly, you know, coming into Australia's first recession since the early 90s. I think, you know, your average consumer um, has to look at other options and, and maybe they can't always afford the best-name brand in the market. And so what sort of forecasts are you putting around free cash flow for the next 12 months or return on invested capital? Yeah, so historically, you know, the Reject Shop's been able to do around $30 million off, off EBITDA plus um, per annum. Um, you know, we think, you know, less, less working capital changes and some, you know, some CapEx, um, you know, a conservative number is, is somewhere between, you know, 20 and $30 million of free cash flow um, per, per annum. Um, maybe that doesn't happen straight away you know initially there's going to be some some maybe some cost write downs um maybe some one-off costs in you know associated with implementing the strategy um you know inventory write downs you know which which it's non-cash obviously but but you know still uh, there will still still be sort of some cash cash uh, outflows associated with with implementing the strategies so um to to provide a short answer uh you know 20 to 30 million of free free cash flow we think is achievable and, and that's a conservative estimate with respect to its history. And then market cap's about, is it about 130 mil market cap? Yeah, it's 130 million. Um, it, it, was, it was below 100 million not too long ago. Um, and, you know, I think it, we, we were, our average entry price was around $2.70. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crept up to in the threes now. Um, so, so rough numbers, Chris, uh, 130 market cap. Um, it's it's cash on balance sheets uh, around seventy five, and so and so you know you're, you're at kind of fifty five, fifty five to sixty million of enterprise value. Um, and so that raising they did, you think they'll use that cash for store rollouts? Are there, are there small acquisition opportunities? What do you see that cash going towards? Look, I think it'll mainly go towards working capital. Um, you know, with, I guess, for a bit of context, in 2019, the reject shop uh, did have a working capital problem. They had a working capital funding problem, to be specific. And ANZ Bank in 2019, um, you know, actually uh, sort of threatened to pull um, their support, which which is a material impact. And it's part of the why, this, you know, the stock, you saw the stock go from kind of $5 back to, um, to, to where it was in 2019. So um, historically, this business does need to fund high levels of working capital intra-period. So your, you know, your end-to-end cash isn't going to always be reflective of um, you know, the cash required to sustain the business. So when I talk about 
um, 75 million, um, which is the, the 50 at the, the end of the last period plus the 25, which, which they raised. Uh, that 75, um, you know, part of that will be, will be required to, to fund inventory. So to answer your question directly, I think that the 25 is, you know, from our perspective, is to shore up the balance sheet and also facilitate uh, the execution of, of this strategy, which, which may mean, um, you know, higher, higher working capital requirements in the short term. Now, I had this view that uh, in light of the current challenges in the retail property market and the desire for landlords to get um, any tenant, let alone a tenant with 75 million bucks cash on the balance sheet, that businesses like Reject Shop or other retailers are going to have significantly more leverage over landlords than they have in the past. Could you see a time when these sorts of businesses, instead of signing a, a fixed lease with incremental increases, they sign a percentage of sales with the landlord? You can't see a world where a retailer like Reject Shop has that sort of leverage in the near term. Is that fair? No, I think it's a fair point you make. Um, I, I wouldn't rule it out. And, and certainly, you know, without being privy to the individual contracts um, a TRS has with each landlord, I suspect that a portion of them might be variable and, and maybe, maybe going forward um, a larger portion becomes variable. I think, I think it's possible. Um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't rely on it. Um, for an investment case, uh, from from my perspective, but but I think it's a you know it's a it's a relevant point, and it could go to risk, and it, and it probably you know could go to risk around the balance sheet, and you know, particularly in this environment. And what do they look for when they're um, looking for a, a property to lease? What are the, the type of things they're hoping to get when they set up a, re a retail store nearby? It's an interesting question. Uh, when I was looking at it. You know, I thought, um, so I spent a lot of time at Chadston when I was younger. I'm you know, from Melbourne and, and I always saw the retail shop and I always saw it um, doing very well and very busy. And, and but I always thought to myself, it's not, you know, Chadston's relatively affluent in Melbourne. It's, it's probably where, you know, the affluent consumers go. Um, and it, it's probably not suited um, to, a, to a place like Chadston. And, you know, I thought to myself, as I was researching the stock, you know, it doesn't really make sense. And, and so I think when I was talking to management about it, you know, their point to me was, uh, you know, Chatson's a very good location, but, you know, equally we can find, um, you know, lots of these smaller regional uh, locations and, and maybe your small towns, your regional centres, you know, your, your lower socioeconomic points um, around Australia where, where consumers are maybe a bit more cost conscious. And, and so that's what they're looking for. They're looking for a location and a lease that facilitates um, you know, those, those wants. And in broad brushstrokes, in times like this, you know, if we do have an extended uh, downturn in Australia, we may have our first recession since 1994. In fact, you know, clearly it looks like we're going to. Would you see sales of, um, you know, value proposition type retailers like the Reject Shop actually increase or do you think there'd be a softening um you know aligned with the the wider economic conditions yeah it's a, a great question i think part of the allure for us for this stock has been you know it, it is somewhat non-discretionary and you know i don't want to use the defensive in in, the, in the, use the word defensive in the same context as as buying a retail stock in this environment because 
you know, quite rightly, you know, there are risks, um, you know, the leases, for instance. But, you know, I think if you go back to the most recent data point we had, which was you know, 2009, I guess the closest thing we've had to a recession since since the early 90s, the recheck shop in, in 2009 increased its sales by 25% and increased the, you know, its sales on, on the same store basis by around 8%. So, you know, it is possible to, you know, to, to make money um, in a recession. And that's because a business like the reject shop should have more of a demand base as, as consumers trade down, as the economic conditions tighten. So logically, it makes sense. Um, you know, whether that happens this time, you know, I suspect it, it, it eventually might. I think what you saw in March, by the way, which, which the company uh, released to the public was very, very high um, March numbers and, and um, Jan, February, March were all very high, actually. And that's, I think that's partly panic buying driven. You know, people rushing into to stores to buy, you know, clean products and equipment and, and um, you know, everything they can. So they've benefited from that in the short term. Uh, but, you know, on a medium term view, I think the, the crux of the question here is, you know, can the reject shop outperform in a recession? That's really the question. And, and my view is, I think it does better than most. Tony, it's been great. Really appreciate you uh, taking the time, walking me through it. I've caught up with you a couple of times now and uh, love how you can make complex things very simple. So uh, thanks for the time on the reject shop. Thanks, Chris. This episode of Talk Your Book was proudly brought to you by Honan, who go beyond a transactional insurance broker to deliver better outcomes for their clients. If you're enjoying Talk Your Book, make sure you subscribe to Chris Judd Invest.